what the Bible says about cutting on this edition of Truth and Love. I'm Heath Lambert, and you're listening to Truth and Love, a podcast of the Association of Certified Biblical Counselors, where we seek to provide biblical solutions for the problems that people face. One of the problems that people face is the problem of cutting. This is a serious and a dangerous problem, and to equip you with some understanding about it, we invited to be our guest this week, Mark Shaw. Mark Shaw is a certified counselor with ACBC and has a lot of expertise about this issue. The operations director of ACBC, Sean Perrone, caught up with Mark to talk to him about this important problem. So we're talking about the issue of cutting and counseling, and Cutting is one of those issues that people wonder if the Bible has anything helpful to say about it. So you've, in your ministry, dealt with this a lot. What does the Bible have to say about this issue, and how can we help people? Uh, when you go back to the book of Leviticus, in a book, uh, chapter 19, verse 28, you shall not make any cuts on your body for the dead or tattoo yourself. I am the Lord. And then uh, in... Deuteronomy 14, 1 and 2, it says, You are the sons of the Lord your God. You shall not cut yourselves or make any baldness on your foreheads for the dead. For you are a people holy to the Lord your God, and the Lord has chosen you to be a people for his treasured possession out of all the people who are on the face of the earth. So I think I think the lesson there is oftentimes cutters are very sad. They're grieving. They're not getting what they want. They're displeased. And in the Old Testament case, those scriptures were referring to worship. So um, those pagans were worshiping in a, in a hopeless way. They were upset about things in their lives, the, the deaths of loved ones. And so God's people were to be different, to be called out, to be chosen, and to handle grief in a way that's honest. They, they grieve, but they also are not to grieve with hopelessness, but with hope, knowing that, you know, their family members who, who trusted in the, the coming Messiah at that time, uh, they would be with the Lord forever. So I think cutting today is similar to that, that the cutter today is is grieving. They're really sad. They're upset. Maybe it's not a death, but it's it's a form of grieving, and it's they're they're trying to handle it in their own way, in a way that I think is hurtful to themselves, but also does not glorify God. And he would want them to handle it in a different way. And, you know, so that I think you look at the Old Testament, and you think, wow, that there are some things there that really speak to today's is- issues. Good. Do all people cut for the same reasons? And can you give us any insight and why people might do this? Yeah, I, you know, it's it's kind of funny, uh, not funny ha-ha, but funny odd, I guess, that uh, even young men, guys, are starting to cut. I think a lot of people think about it just being a, a female issue, but that's certainly not the case. Young men cut as well. And I think a lot of times cutters see themselves as, you know, overpowered by other people. So if they're bullied, uh, they respond in this way. Uh, when they're overwhelmed, uh, un- unappreciated, degraded, or the, they strongly dislike themselves, they loathe themselves. Uh, they're not trying to commit suicide. 
They're just trying to alleviate emotional pain and transfer that emotional pain to something that they understand, which is the actual physical pain of the cut. And then their body responds in a way that is like a drug addiction. It, it responds in a way to, to bring uh, blood and cleansing and um, some euphoric effect is felt from something that at first injures them. Uh, so I think there's a lot of reasons why people cut. Sometimes it's just a way to control that uh, pain, that emotional pain that they, they don't like. So they think, well, I'll control it and uh, I'll transfer it to this physical pain. Hmm. So if we've identified why people do this, and once you are able to see the heart behind it, what instruction does the Bible give us about how to help them? Well, I think there's hope. And as biblical counselors, that's what we bring to the table more than anything. So uh, we want to encourage them with hope, not to be hopeless in their cutting, but to to find a different way to grieve, to be honest about it, but then to uh, use it as an opportunity to glorify God. I mean, and that's what the world needs to see. They need to see that as Christians, we handle things differently, that we handle things in a way to glorify God, to point to him and to, you know, not this life, but really the next life, eternal life. And the scriptures we read about being called out, being a chosen people, God wants us to represent him. So the the cutter needs to learn a different way to deal with it and to be honest, but uh, with the grief, but also to handle it in a way that, that glorifies the Lord. And um, there are practical ways to do that. And I'll talk about that some in a workshop here at the conference. Um, that's, you know, there are a lot of practical ways to help them. They, they have to renew their mind, think different thoughts about everything around them that's going on. And find a way to say, I'm going to choose to be a, a, a person who elevates the Lord and helps people to magnify his holy name. Mm. We, um, we want to point people uh, to that resource. We're recording this now in Jacksonville, Florida. Uh, can you give people maybe one or two of those practical ways? I would be super interested to hear um, just as a teaser, as people want to think about listening to that audio later, what are some practical ways that uh, that they can be helped? Yeah, one of the homework assignments I give in the notes on this topic is to uh, for them to renew their mind in a way that they attack the self-reliant attitude and the lies they're believing and replace it with uh, scripture memorization. I also use Johnny Erickson Tata's book, uh, which, which God is in your sufferings, and help them to see that she wasn't trying to get out of her suffering. She was trying to walk through it to be uh, someone who glorified the Lord. And then I give them Romans 8.18, Romans 8.28.29, 2 Corinthians 9.8, 2 Corinthians 12.9, which point to God himself who says that he uh, the discomfort we're experiencing right now is not comparable to the glory we gain from working through the suffering and discomfort. And so I think if they can see purpose in uh, what is going wrong around them, that maybe they could use this to help other people, uh, maybe reach the lost, you know, someone else who's going through it and appoint them to Christ for eternal life, those kinds of practical 
things. They just want to, you know, I always think about turn your frown upside down, but it's, it's, it's understanding that God is a God of comfort and that they are to be his ambassadors and to bring that comfort to other people. So, uh, so we talk about some of those things and just some, uh, some other practical ways to uh, handle such a tough issue that to them seems hopeless. And I think to the world, they think it's a mental health issue, but it's, it's, it doesn't have to be. It's something that is, uh, is often there's planning, often there is, uh, it's not as impulsive as people think, and there is a way for them to glorify God in this. What would you say to a parent who has discovered that their daughter or, or their son, as you mentioned, um, has been doing this in secret? What would be the first thing you would say to them, well, I think you got to support them. You got to meet them where they are and and love them and not condemn them as though they're mentally ill and there's no hope for change. So you got to help them to see. Okay, you're choosing to respond to a hard situation in a wrong way, but we can help you uh, to think about this differently and to respond in a different way. I mean, the cutter really enjoys the anticipation, the excitement of it. And then their body responds uh, physiologically to this in a way that's euphoric. So uh, parents, I think, have to meet them there, give them support and encouragement and love. You can't okay it. It's sin. It's wrong. But they need to support them and help them and then give them biblical counseling to change the way they think. Good. We were just talking before we started recording about uh, what the Lord is doing in your life and the new opportunity that you have. I'd love for you to share with our listeners about what's taking place here in the next uh, couple of weeks uh, about your ministry and what that looks like. Well, yeah, thank you. This is uh, a neat change for me. I'm working now at a place called the New Day Center in Indianapolis, Indiana, that will, in just a few months, have a detox component to it for any kind of drug addiction. So, we're hoping to be the first place that people send folks all around the country to us. We'll be able to take insurance and, and re, you know, get reimbursed in that way. But that will help people who are needing help and, and want a Christian place, a thoroughly biblical program, but one that also takes insurance and is set up in that way. So I'm really excited about the detox and then the addiction counseling that we'll be able to offer people in-house um, both men and women. Right now we have supportive housing for men. Hopefully in a few months we'll have supportive housing for women. Uh, we have a staff team we're putting together slowly, but I, I really love we're going to have an attorney on staff who's going to help us with some of the legal issues that people face with addictions. And we want to do it in a way that it's it's faith-based, but it's also um, licensed by the state of Indiana and and something that's recognized around the the world for help for the problem that seems to be hopeless with addiction. Addiction issues are just, you know, growing all over, just wiping out whole communities. So we want to be a solution for that. Hmm. What is the best way for people to get involved? And maybe maybe there's a parent that's listening and they're like, okay, my daughter or my son needs to get connected with that kind of help. Where can they go? Uh, The New Day Center will, we're, you know, we're, <laughs> I'm hesitant to say, call us, but uh, we are hoping to start October 16th with our, our program. So they can certainly call us. In time, we're going to have an online 
presence for help for parents and teens. I'm really excited about that program uh, because that'll be something that'll really help parents uh, do that. But we're hoping to have some uh, video production and, and resources for parents to watch right away that they could access right away to begin uh, help for their kids. You know, and it, it, teenagers are so susceptible to this. I mean, it used to be they'd try alcohol. Now they're they're smoking weed first, you know, so it's um, it's a different day than back 20, 30 years ago when I was a kid and even years before that. But uh, teens are, are such a, um, a resource that we want to reach. We want to reach those kids that are, you know, because it can ruin your life. You know, it's there are worse things than dying. And sometimes when you use drugs, you, you lose your mental capacity you you know you can uh, do permanent damage to your body that is so sad to see so so we want to help kids we want to help them avoid that and help parents as well so we're hoping to be kind of a hub for all things addiction counseling that people could turn to for help and send their uh, 18 and over initially adults to us but we also want to have a parent teen uh, program for people in Indianapolis. Well, thank you for helping us think biblically about cutting. And if you're interested in how to think biblically about Alcoholics Anonymous, that's our previous podcast. Uh, you can search for that on our webpage at Truth and Love. And we're thankful uh, for your time. Thank you. Glad to be here. You're listening to Truth and Love, a podcast of ACBC. If you'd like more information about our ministry, then you can visit us at biblicalcounseling.com.